This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. And I'm Brian Katherman. And on today's episode, we're continuing our series, Stewards of the Bride. And on today's episode, I want to talk about the role of women. Of course you do. You know, we said we were going to come back to it. Of course you do. And I want to come back to it. We've been talking about elders. We've been talking about deacons. I want to know, where does this leave the ladies? Where? <laughs> how does this work? Is, some people would say, you know, is there a role or a place for women in the church? That, well, yes. At, the Bible makes it abundantly clear because we see women in the church. Okay. We see women uh, celebrated. Paul celebrates uh, women, like, you know, greet these individuals. Don't forget about Phoebe. Don't, I mean, we see that. We see Jesus uh, highly elevating women and valuing and cherishing women in his ministry. Uh, we see in the history of the church um, tremendous things that women have done in the church. They can serve in the church. The reason this gets so difficult is because in one particular area, there is a prohibition for uh, women to serve in a particular way, and that in our society is just unacceptable to people today. Uh, You cannot tell a man he can't have a baby. You cannot tell a woman she can't do whatever she wants. You cannot tell a man he can't be a woman. You cannot tell a woman she can't be a man, this, that, and the other thing. That's where we're at in society, and that issue is greatly bleeding into the conversation, which makes it incredibly difficult to have a conversation in a reasonable way. But I just sort of want to put out on the table, um, if you're going to to follow God's Word, you need to understand what's there, and not just in bits and parts. I think a lot of people get, get pretty wound up about the question about women in ministry because they think, all men can be pastors, and right. no women can be pastors. Right. But almost no men can be pastors. Almost sure. no men are called to be yeah. elders. There are qualifications beyond your gender or sexual genitalia if you separate those two things. Right. There are qualifications, and then God's call, which has to line up with His Word, which has to be, doesn't fit everyone. We talked about another podcast that. If you don't have a church, you're not a pastor or elder. Right. You can't, don't call yourself a pastor if you're not shepherding a church and working in the ministry of the word. Maybe you're not the maybe you're not the one who's got the sole responsibility of preaching. But you, if you don't have a flock, you don't right. have a pastor. I, I feel like that happens a lot where somebody's running some sort of ministry. Let's say it's a food pantry that's ran by a, a Christian organization, and so a lot of times the person in charge of that, the director is called Pastor So and So. Right. And I'm thinking, well, if you're never preaching the word or teaching the word or going through the ordinances of the Lord's Supper and baptism, you're not really a pastor. There's no, that's not an elder role. And that's what's muddying the water with women right. too. Well, women can do that. Yeah, right. but that's still not what we're talking about with elder. Uh, in a parachurch organization, there's all kinds of different stuff. But within a church, I would say that's a servant, yeah. which we talked about deacons or servants, servants right. or deacons. So, so the conversation about doing some sense of ministry, serving and having a shepherding type capacity with people and a serving type capacity with people certainly falls under the category of deacon and i would contend that that would include anybody in the church who's serving men women and even children uh it's the elder issue that really makes this complex and complicated right right and there's tons of views i'm not going to add anything new to this conversation this thing has been discussed at nauseum and right. we are nauseated yeah, with it. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> and it's interesting too because to your point that you know that you said, 
a lot of times we look at that off as a builder and we see that prohibition in scripture. And a lot of times people will look at that and say, well, Paul was just talking about that context, that time in history. You know, that was a different time. We're living, it's the 21st century, right? We've had this big wave of feminism in the 20th century. Uh, you know, I feel like there's a song and a movie. I can do the same thing you can do. I can do anything you can do better. <laughs> like, Let me speak to that for a minute. Okay, there's kind of two chief ways people come at at women's roles uh, and they all sort of are found I think for the most part uh, at least rooted in uh, 1 Timothy um, certainly in the qualifications for elder and deacon but also just right before chapter 3 there's a section that's it's the hot topic here now there is the husband to one wife language we can come back to that but let's go to where this really comes out and it's in 1 Timothy chapter 2 the context starts with um Paul talking about and urging prayers and petitions, bearing in mind this is he's, he'd be referring to it seems the gathered group of believers. Okay, and the women didn't used to meet with the men in the synagogues. Now we have women meeting with men, and 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 he seems to be painting a picture for this is what your community should look like. So in First Timothy chapter two one, first of all, I urge that petitions and prayer, petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. He's talking about prayer. And why? <clears throat> and then down in, in verse 8, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands um, without anger or argument. Also, the women... And, okay, so people say, well, that's just that's just uh, specific to any time a man prays. But he doesn't say, I want a man when he prays. I want the men, plural. And then also I want the women... Excuse me, also the women plural, are to dress themselves in moderate clothing and decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold pearls, or expensive apparel, but with good works, as is proper for women who profess to worship God. Now, we could still honestly be talking about an individual woman here and one over there, and he's just right. talking in general, but he says, a woman is to learn quietly with full submission and then elsewhere, where this parallels, which I think, where is that? Uh, one of the other epistles, I'm trying to remember where that is. There's some parallel language. And in that other parallel language, he says, if a woman has a question, so where the woman is to remain quiet in the other language. I think it's First Corinthians. I think that's right. She's to go talk to her husband. So we're not talking about her learning at her home, where right. her husband would be. Right. Or her learn, like, we're talking about a group. This isn't just a husband and wife. And, and there's some sense here. Right. That we have some kind of group. So it could be. Now, I'm not saying it's absolutely, but it could be when people are gathering. Anyway, then he says this, and this is the line in question. I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. And then you say, what if that's just for, uh, what if that's just for then? Right. What if that's cultural? Okay, to answer your question then, I say this. We'll come back to what maybe um, authority and teaching might be. But Here's to answer your first question, verse 13. Paul anchors his argument in the creation account right. before the fall. Okay, that in the ideal circumstance, in what's happening, it's all tied together. So that would still apply to us because it's still true. He says, I don't permit this because or for. Right. Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed, but she'll be safe through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with good sense. He's saying, look, this is the order that was created, that man had a sense of responsibility. 
right. to rule over the garden, to have this dominion, does that mean that the woman doesn't have any kind of responsibility? No, that's not what it means. It just right. means that man, Adam, was held accountable. Right. Right? So his point is, I don't permit a woman to teach because a man is held accountable over the right. authority of the teaching. Right. This is the argument that draws you know, all sorts of consternation, fighting, argument, whatever. And so... That, I think, is where we need to root right. the conversation. Now, there's another place we can root the conversation, and, and some do. I used to do this, and then I kind of realized it's not. It's, coming right out of this, Paul moves right into the elders and deacons, right into the responsibility. Right. Man has responsibility in this way, so now here's this discussion on elders. Right. And it goes into, here's all the stuff. An elder should be this, he should be that, he should be a teacher, it clearly says, an overseer. That's We're talking about the pastor elder. Yeah. A husband of one wife, blah, 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 and it goes on through all the stuff. Very helpful. Then he gets down in verse 8 to deacons. Deacons likewise. Um, using the same language, but here's what's interesting. He, when he's talking about the male deacons, if we're assuming there's male and female, the husbands should be husbands of one wife. But he has a section on wives here. And people will say, is that, or women, that can be translated women too. It's context kind of dictates. It's a little hard to figure out. People will say, well, uh, is that the wives of the deacons? Is that a responsibility? So if, de if the women aren't allowed to be deacons and he's talking about right. their wives, why is there no qualification for right. the wives for the elders? So this husband of one wife language is a tricky bit. We need to start with this stuff up in First Timothy two. I do not right. permit a woman to teach and preach. Right. That's the that's what all this is bleeding out of. Right. Yeah. That's what that's what we're seeing. And so, and to and, answer your question, that's why I don't think it's cultural because sure. the reasoning goes back to the creation account. And I mean, this viewpoint went pretty uncontested for a fairly long time. I, I was reading something yesterday that said here in North America, you know the. Women were really ordained as pastors until I think it was 1924, and it started with like the Methodists, and then the Lutherans followed, and so forth. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it kind of became this thing where, okay, now it's almost become culturally norm to have a woman pastor. Which makes sense as we're bringing some of the cultural views of gender to play. Right. As we're, as we're bringing, you know, anything I can do, you can do better, whatever you were singing, right. to bear on society, then I think part of the reason for that is because we're trying to define who we are. Right. Um, we don't want to live in a fixed world. We don't want to submit to God's fixed creation. I mean, there's just a lot of pieces to this, which is hard. So then on the flip side of that, I mean, I've had conversations with people before where we've talked about this issue. And, and it's a very hotly debated issue. I mean, people are passionate on both sides of the topic. And I remember having a conversation with someone who went, well, you know, I just don't want to get to heaven and realize I was wrong. You know, and I, you know, I prevented this woman from being able to speak and teach. And, you know, I, I don't want to... I don't want to find out that, you know, basically I didn't want to offend her or not give her that opportunity. Is it fair to say to that person, it's more important to be on the right side of scripture? You know, and I mean, what would be the better situation? I, I would scenario? definitely like, say we need to submit to God because you wouldn't want to get to heaven on other topics and say, well, I didn't want to be wrong. So I went ahead and let these people murder other people. Right. I didn't want to be wrong. So I don't want to offend anybody. I, I I don't. I want to be more like judges, where each is doing what's right in their own eyes. No, no, no. The sure. book of Judges does not speak well of that. Yeah. We want to be people who are submitted and surrender to God. And if we get that wrong, we say, "I tried to submit to your word the best," rather than going, "Nah, that wasn't very important. I wanted to submit to this person's preference." Right. Which in culture we do a lot of times, right? Well, it's okay for you. It's not okay for me. You do what you want as long as it doesn't bother me. I'm okay with it. Uh, which I don't think that's how God's approaching this. <laughs> for sure. Now. 
We need to back up though, because we also need to make sure that we're trying to get at this well. Right. What is Paul getting at? That a woman can't teach. So any person can she disciple her children? Oh, right. well, they're children. At what point can a woman no longer right. speak truth into? You know, at what point does you know Priscilla and Aquila um, not come together and help Apollos? At what point do you leave sure. the wife out of the room? Well, right. they don't. They didn't do that. At what point do we understand? There's the dividing line, and I don't think the dividing line is the age of a child becoming a man. The dividing line is what is this teaching and what right. is this authority? What is that role? What is teaching and authority? And, and some people will say, well, you know, if you're a school teacher, you're a college professor. No woman can be a college professor right. when there's men in the room and teach accounting. Well, right. that's not what this I mean, Or have any authority as far as like a police officer or a lawyer or a judge. Government official. Yeah, there right. are people who hold that position. But I don't think that's... Let's think about what Paul's talking about. Right. We're praying. We're lifting up holy hands. We are coming together as a group. There's a sense of what our lifestyle should look like. <laughs> then we move to pastors and deacons like i mean there's a lot going on to here. that point paul makes the point of like women are to dress modestly he doesn't say anything about men dressing modestly but i feel like that's a given well <laughs> like, and you know what's weird nobody goes well women shouldn't be wearing pearls and doing this it's like right. we're not anchoring into the whole context right. we're just grabbing we're kind of pick and choose two words so if we take the whole context and go okay the idea here is that we're having unity and harmony for god's people how do we react you know, go ahead. How do we act and behave ourselves in Christ's church? Yeah. In the gathered body. The very next thing is these are the people who are supposed to be teaching, having authority, whatever that looks like. And then we have to ask, what? first of all, what teaching are we talking about? Right. Just conveying information or heralding the word of God in which, I mean, I think most pastors know they will be held to a higher standard. Not many of you should teach my brothers. You'll be held to a higher. I think he's talking about that kind of teaching. Right. Okay, so could you have a class? Where people come in and somebody who spent time learning a, teaches information, conveys sure. information. Sure, does that information have teaching with authority? Is there authority in that? What kind of teaching are we talking about? No, we're, we're opening the Word of God, right. which has authority. And in essence, we're adding commentary to the Word of God. So I have all these commentaries on my shelf. Yeah. Okay, a bunch of commentaries. Does the person with the commentary provide the teaching and authority, or are they speaking to what we're being taught from the word of God and the authority, which is what Jesus was doing when he spoke. They recognized he was teaching as one with authority. Interesting. When the apostles were speaking, which is now we have this canonized as the word of God, they were seen as regular fishermen who are now, you know, in some sense, they're like Christ because what? They're teaching with some sense of authority. But when the Pharisees came around Jesus teaching, they said, we've never heard anything like this. We've never heard teaching like this, not just the content, but the authority, yeah. right? So I think there's a sense that when we're heralding the word of God, we're teaching with this authority. Okay, so I, I put that to like the pulpit ministry. Right. And so at least where, where we are pastoring, where we're elders, if a woman is teaching a class in one of the classes, and we have a multiple classes and people sign up for them, and she's going through a discussion, and they're ha she's basically facilitating a discussion we don't see that as the same kind of teaching with authority proclaiming this right. is what the Word of God says. Um, now, there are people who will disagree with us on that. Right. And that's okay. And if a, if a man wants to sign up and go to that class or a husband and wife couple are doing that sure. together, because we see all of that coming under the elders' right. teaching and authoritative responsibility as dictated in Scripture here. So we sort of say, like, you're 
sort of underworking in this capacity. So the one who still has the ultimate authority and responsibility, the elders. So you're making the argument that as the pastor and as the overseer of the whole church, any authority that's given to these class teachers and Sunday school teachers comes from you. Yeah, which first comes from Jesus which, and the Word right. of God. Right. So, I have. I usually tell people I have no yeah. authority. Right. The, I can only tell you the word of God, which is authoritative. Right. right. I, and, and honestly, I know that's true because when I say, hey, you should forgive that person, or hey, you should stop uh, using such crass language, or you should consider getting off drugs, they go, I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to tell you what God says, and then you right. can deal with it. Exactly. Like, that's, I mean, I don't have, I can't make anybody do anything around right. here. So to that point, you know, we've talked about being on the right end of scripture and stuff on an issue like this. What what is the danger? What is the hurt then outside of maybe being outside of God's will of having a female pastor or having a female serve in that role? Is it really that detrimental to society? Uh I'm gonna say yes, because let me flip the script a little bit. What's the danger in not loving your neighbor? I mean it's not that big a deal, right? Or what's the danger in being selfish and greedy and Showing favoritism in church. Or pick any area here. What's the danger in ignoring the Great Commission? It's not that big a deal. So at any point we start picking and choosing things and saying, well, God has instructed us in this way, but we're going to choose to ignore it. Okay, I don't want to ignore any of this stuff. And there are areas where I think, man, we need to be better about this. We're ignoring this counsel of God. It's the whole counsel of God. So we start picking and choosing. And I think I've seen this experientially with churches like we start here next thing you know we're we're welcoming in transgender things and this thing and that thing and it's a and slippery pretty slope soon, I mean, it's not always i guess not there's always. it doesn't but, guarantee that's going to happen but it tends to happen to that same point though i mean we once again kind of look at the female male issue as like a one-off issue versus like What's the harm in letting an adulterer become a pastor or a child molester or, you know, those kind of things. Somebody new to the faith. And it says in Scripture clearly, don't let somebody new in the faith become a pastor and leave the church. I mean, I I can't help but think of like the rise and fall of Mars Hill, that podcast series. Oh, yeah. And, And I remember hearing, and I remember even years ago hearing, uh... Mark Driscoll, and I hate to call any specific person out, but very public situation, pridefully saying, I've never been a member of any church, right? I, I've never, God just told me I was going to do it, I'm going to do right. it. And you're like, wait a second, there, you've never have any, you've never submitted yourself to the authority of others. And you've never uh, been a member of a church, and right. you seem like a new believer. Right. And, and so, but God told me so, therefore. But then you look at the ramifications and the outcome, and you're like, well... I do see maybe how we got here. Right. Scripture might have guided us. Or you see other people. Maybe they've been Christians our whole lives, but we didn't have good accountability over somebody. And you go, right. how do we have abuse? And how do we have this? No, we don't have what the Bible's right. saying we should have over individuals and over pastors and, and over these things. If we really did our very dead level best to anchor ourselves in the Word of God and lead that way and think that way we would all be better for it right we would all be better for it so to go well let's just ignore that part in any area is a dangerous thing absolutely and a lot of times we want to twist and and turn scripture to fit our needs i've heard people say well god didn't say that paul said that yeah that's (laughs) a suit if you do that then god didn't say anything right because all of Scripture was written by man, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. Even if someone said, I have a word for the, the Lord, I'm going to like have a kind of a charismatic whatever, thus saith the Lord, and they do that, 
there's still a human agent speaking right. those words. So unless we all just hear, yeah. this is my beloved son, listen to him, right. we're always going to have a so-and-so. So we or can there's a burning bush or a pillar lines. of smoke. Or, you we know, always draw those lines. Right. Because that's just dangerous. So as we kind of wrap up and come to a close, just some final thoughts on this. I feel like a lot of times we get so locked up and so hung up on what women can't do. But, but I... Is it safe to say from Scripture that there is a very vibrant, very active role of women in the church? Absolutely. Well, so I'm going to go this way, and I think we should do a separate podcast on this so we can really expand this out. Um, Very few people are called to be elders, and there is a list of qualifications. One of those things is the elder is going to, who God calls, is going to be a man. Yeah. That's what Scripture says about elders. The interesting thing, though, is with the deacons, we don't have a lot of this fleshed out throughout Scripture. It seems that the deacon is a qualification as a, for all servants in the church, which we talked about in the previous podcast. So therefore, everything besides right. the chief overarching role of the elder in the church is open to women. Right. So in our church, there's only two elders right now. Correct. Right? Yep, in so our local everything church. everything yep. else where we're serving is open to women. Every other thing. And... Not every man can serve as an elder either. Right. So if, I mean, not every single person is going to be an elder here. Right. Right? So that opens up a huge wide variety yeah. of options. And if it wasn't for women going into the mission field and women doing many things, yeah. the church would be tremendously hurt. We need to respect that, honor that, appreciate it, love it, pray for more women to serve. And not every man and woman are going to serve as deacons. There's qualifications there too, right? Right. So we're not just going to let anybody help with that stuff. That's serving right. in the church. So. Serving in all sorts of capacities. Yeah. So... Uh, so the question I think we started with, what, what is the role for yeah. women here? It's great. Just as it is for everybody else, there's only one thing, that pulpit ministry right. and the ultimate shepherd ministry, that responsibility yeah. uh, for the elders. Does that mean that nobody else shepherds? No, but in the chief capacity and responsibilities, that is reserved to the elder role and everything else is reserved to the deacon role. It gets complicated money when we sort of bring up all the titles and do whatever but i think we should flesh that out in another podcast okay you want to do that yeah let's come back to that i so. think it'd be helpful though I, what's our email i think if you have questions yeah. about this we would love to hear from you yeah. or if you're just what do we get wrong go ahead and fire us well and I, I feel like it's the kind of thing that's different across the board with the elders deacons everything in between so maybe your church has a function in a certain way and you'd like to share that with us you can drop us a line at saltybeliever at gmail.com or you can find us on our website saltybeliever.com Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.